Welcome to the No Nonsense Nutrition podcast, episode number, I think, 187, I'm going to say, but I can't remember because we had what uh, a two-parter that was split, so that's now in the uh, the realms of being uploaded or released, whatever you want to say. So it could be 188, I don't know, doesn't matter. Um, we do have a guest today, people will have seen from the thumbnail, from the social media, blah, 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 so it's not a surprise, so hello, Aiden. Hello there. Hello. Hello, Jonathan. What's going on? What's going on? Um, anything that you want the the public to know, Jonathan? Quick this week, or should we just skip that? You know, like they just shafted Liverpool in the FA Cup. That's the one public to know. Isn't it funny how it's been so quiet for so long, and all of a sudden there's mention of football? I only mentioned it once because we beat you once. That's it. That's a, that's a bit now. Um, now's the time to beat us because we are struggling bad. Yeah. Although actually, I will say, um, felt like we played a lot better today and certainly looked a bit more dangerous. I said to my old man, I said, that is how a Liverpool United game should be. It was, a good, it was a good game, yeah. Nobody's, like, the the, the Prem game was crap. Mm-hmm. But that is why I like. I don't mind losing Liverpool like that in a game like that. Yeah. But... That, we didn't lose, did we? We won. No, you did win, yeah. Um... We got West Ham next. We beat them as well. Win the FA Cup, win the league. Win Best the league, team. mate. I'm sorry, but I'm, I'll change my opinion maybe in... 12 games if they're still up there but you're not going to leave no I, it's, it's probably Man City's in it let's be honest I'm a Man United fan who's very well aware that City and Liverpool are better than United on the day got a better first 11 however we have taken advantage of you being dog shit this year so far Man City being dog shit at the start and hopefully now being dog shit because De Bruyne is injured for six weeks yeah I did hear that um I, I'm going to just, before we'll move on from football after this quickly, but I'm just going to say, I'm going to or release a statistic that I heard this morning, so prior to today's game, about Liverpool, that we'd apparently had 89 shots in the last five games and obviously only scored one goal against West Brom. 89. That's mental, isn't it? I'll be honest, it doesn't feel like 89 in hindsight. Like, the shots were obviously poor efforts because they obviously didn't register as particularly dangerous. Um, no. So now, other than... Maybe the Burnley game, we were better, but we didn't really look... Obviously, because Pope got... Well, you, I think most people's man of the match. He was superb and kept, obviously, them... Well, clean sheet and a win. But I think um, most of the other games other than that, we didn't really look dangerous at all in any games. So um, that statistic surprised me, which is funny about statistics. They can sometimes not tell the truth. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to link my next comment to uh, nutrition. A little bit. Liverpool and Man City can't expect to be up there all the time because it's freak seasons. Like, you can't really expect to go flat out training diet all the time. Got to have a little break. Liverpool and Man City and a little break. What, what, do you, what do you think, Aidan? Do you, do you think that you can go flat out all the time? Or do you think you need a little little deload, potentially, or a break? <laughs> what a shit link. <laughs> no, I created the good link. You Sorry. Anyway, let's 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 move on. Um, so, uh, yeah, let's 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 bring it bring it back. Let's get some law and order back in here. So, um, Aiden, uh, hello, thank you for joining. Um, for those that don't know you, let's just just spend five minutes so that people can find out all of your dastardly little details. Um, thanks for having me on. Um, so, 
My name is Aidan and I'm a nutrition coach in Ireland. I started out after school um, going into personal training and sports therapy, sports massage and then always, always, always was was into the the gym and kind of bodybuilding and stuff like that. But um, I then went on and did my undergrad in S&C and alongside that I did Mac Nutrition in 2017 I think it was. Um, Graduated from that and nutrition was nutrition kind of was the main thing in my head for for a long while and um, now it's very much my my mainstay so although I do some coaching I do some um, training stuff nutrition is my is my main thing and um, I'm just glad to be able to actually have a business in that so I think that's 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 cool and that's taken off a bit over the last um over the last year more than anything um so gotten to the point where I was able to take on a, a member of staff um Paddy Quinlan is now is now um wor- working for me um, he's a good friend of mine from from college, so things are good. It's exciting, and I'm just like doing stuff like this. I never thought that I would be doing doing this. So, um, cool. Well, it's, it's, me. it's it's good to have you, mate. And obviously, um, someone's got to make the tea for you, hasn't they? So <laughs> that's unfair. I don't know Paddy very well, obviously at all, really. So it's probably very unfair. Sorry, Paddy, you're the brunt of my joke. If you are listening, she might do. Might do yeah. <laughs> um, well, to be fair, we probably should. You could have invited him on. Could have had a. Nearly said a three-way, but there'd be four of us, so it wouldn't be a three-way, would it? <laughs> Dodgy territory, isn't it? That's like bang bang territory. It's not good as well. I was, I was about to say, what is the terminology for 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 four people in a room? Quadway. Quadway. <laughs> a a quad, yeah, quadway. Um, anywho, so okay, cool. Um, yeah, well, obviously, we know each other from the same, all three of us, actually, the same, obviously, graduation through uh, Mac Nutrition. Um, and I think, I mean, have you been to any conferences since the graduation or not? Remind, uh, forgive me for not remembering, but... Um, I don't believe so, no. actually. It's quite odd. I think I went to the to the first one and I went to... No, I think that was the last, last the last one, one I was at. To be just, how, how did that end up? That last one. <laughs> <laughs> oh god! All right, so um, I knew this would happen. In fact, <laughs> you said you would. So um, at our graduation, we had a we had a good old night. Um, drinking. He, and... You missed the part about the guest speaker, although he shall not be named. But we had a yeah. really good guest guest speaker. <laughs> Voldemort was there, and um, so I stayed up all night drinking with Voldemort, and I shared a room actually with Dan Matt, um and Dan Smith even, and um, I managed to wake up from my flight. I had missed calls off off Martin um and uh voice notes which I still still have there actually. But um managed to get in the 
taxi, make it all the way to um, what is that airport again? Midlands Airport. Midlands, East, East Midlands, yeah. Midlands Airport for the first flight out, which was risky, but made it. Um, got all the way through to the um, to the gate, went to the toilet, um, came back, fell asleep on the seat. There was a big queue. Like I, I, I had time, but fell asleep on the seat and woke up and the whole airport was cleared out. There was n- nobody there. So I was um, distraught because I think it was also that the same time that I uh, went off without my wallet as well. So left my wallet in the car in, in the airport in Ireland. So I had to get a lend off of Rab and Paddy. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, I was in no fit state at all. And uh, I had to make my way all across England um, on trains and buses and managed to catch the, the last ferry from Hollyhead home. Um, I also actually had to sit my first exam of my Christmas Christmas exams in college the, the morning after. So managed to do it all. So I had to make my way home from one part of Ireland to the other part of Ireland where I where I had co- co- college and sat that exam, so it was a it was a bad time. How how did you uh, feel coming out of the? Uh, obviously, you felt rough as dogs, so hence the going <laughs> to the toilet. But how did you feel coming out of it and like being in an empty airport? Like the shock factor must have been. Uh, <laughs> pretty sure I pretty sure I cried. There was one. There was one <gasps> nice man uh, working in the airport that that looked after me um if you're listening to this (laughs) thank you yeah but um no he 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 looked after me but i i as you do as a young young man does in a situation like that you you ring your mum (laughs) and she had to she had to guide me all the way home basically say like which which way to get the the Mm. trains across to (laughs) hollyhead and stuff like that it was it was awful. Yeah, I imagine feeling slightly hungover as well <laughs> probably didn't add to the uh, to the experience. So bad. So you're the guy who's on the, everybody's on the plane. Um, last call. Last couple of twelve times waiting about three hours. Somebody got on the got on the plane and he's sleeping. She would wait. The thing that I was di- disappointed in was the fact that all of these people saw me and there was only one flight going out at that time and they didn't wake me up. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. What would you have done, Brett? I'd have probably let... No, I don't know. I don't know what the <laughs> thing is. I don't know. It's, it's difficult because I, th- th- there's there's obviously a thing called like bystander syndrome, isn't there? I think it's called that. Where like everyone just assumes responsibility to someone else. It's almost like, oh, someone else will do it. It's like when you see an accident. Like most people just drive past. They won't stop and ask for someone's help because they just think the next person will or that someone else already has. I don't know. I think there's a bit of that in like there's some embedded psychology in people that, yeah... I don't know. I, because of that, I almost go out of my way now to do more because I kind of know that if I assume someone else is going to do it, everyone else is also doing the same. So no one does it. Did you see that? This is a bit grim, but did you see that um, it did um, a hidden camera thing? And a bit, bit more specific. You're not talking about Beatles about yeah, I, I think. I, I, or... I get the specific. <laughs> Wrap it in. <laughs> uh... So you had a kid walking on the road and, a, and they had an actor bloke grab the kid and run into run down the lane and nobody yeah. said anything, did anything, nothing. 
Yeah. I think... Yeah, I think that's the thing. Is like It's almost like people convince themselves out of responsibility because they're like, no, that's not real, or oh, there's an explanation to this, or whatever. Then there was. Well, yeah. I, I mean, I, I saw... I wouldn't say the same, but I remember once we were driving to the coast, actually, not so, a couple of years back, and I remember seeing someone, like, carrying a child, like, down a really small high street in a really small village. And I thought to myself at the time, that's weird. Like, the way they were carrying just didn't seem right. But I was sitting in the car, and they'd kind of walked past on the other side of the road and then went off down a, a different road. And I was a bit like, I don't know what to do. Do I turn around and go back and ask? Or I hope to God yeah. that nothing happened to that child, because now I think about it, thinking, hmm, maybe we should have done something, but... What a grim, what a grim topic conversation, Johnny. Amazing how many things you kind of shut yourself off from, mm. isn't it? Like, yeah, I can't think of any really specific ones, but I'm sure because I can't think of any specific ones, it's because they kind of just become a general thing to me. Yes, I think was, maybe you tend to think that people are not evil scumbags, maybe as well. Yeah, that's true. Well, yeah, yeah. Th- that's the thing. You, you hope people are nice and not evil scumbags no well, not everyone's nice today unfortunately no um, well don't really know how we went down the uh, the avenue <laughs> of child well, was, yeah. <laughs> I say um, of child uh, abductions and although it does a lot you know we obviously talked a couple of weeks ago about uh, my love for true crime and you know going through all the narco series and stuff I did finish uh, Night Stalker Yesterday, day what, before. Oh my god! No, can't watch that. I'm sorry, raping kids. No, sorry. Yes, yeah, I was gonna say it's pretty bad. Um, I, I'm actually surprised I didn't know more about the cases beforehand. I I like watch. I don't mind watching like really gruesome, horrible shit. But when it's like real and kids, I'm like, nah, can't do it. Can't mm. watch it. Well, since since lives being born, I'm like, nah, can't do it. Yeah, the good news is I think they kept content. They they kept that reasonably ring fenced and to kind of like a mention but they kind of focused on the murders and rapes of women which to be honest isn't much better than than no. than the obviously the stuff that he did to children but still on Netflix Night Stalker or like the search or I don't know some of the search for the Night Stalker something like that I can't remember you'll find it. it's like number one trending or something but it's following a case called Richard Ramirez, which happened in the 80s, of where he basically just murdered a shit ton of people around San Francisco and LA. Um, but he was like killing blokes, raping their women, and then like he wasn't—he was killing some of the women, n- not killing some. He was abducting children and and doing disgusting things to them, and then letting them go. Um, yeah, it's just, it's horrible. To, like it's, it's horrible to watch the case, but it's interesting nonetheless. It's a bit like the you know car crash stuff where you just can't help but look, can you? But this I is... wouldn't be into that now. <laughs> no, 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 no. Pro- no I, 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 the thing is, I find it, I find it interesting that I, I like true crime. And I find it really interesting to watch. But there's some stuff that I think disturbs the hell out of me. Like, I don't know if anyone watched the um, what was it called? Um, uh, an American Murder, I think it was called. The was Fall it... was the last kind of crime thriller thing that I very good, watched. very good. Yeah, I like I that. Jamie it. Dornan and uh, Gillian Anderson, yeah. isn't it? Yes. Um, yeah. Yeah, no, it's good. No, I mean, I was I guess that at least that is fictional, whereas these things are obviously um, real. The the uh, American Murder one's quite interesting because I think the whole show was based on just Facebook footage and like CCTV. There's no like 
footage of anything else obviously they're based it on just that so it's kind of interesting how they managed to make an entire show out of just things on so i think the the, the basically the premise and spoiler alert if anyone hasn't seen it and wants to watch it probably switch off now and skip five minutes or something but um the there's a guy who his missus or his wife goes missing and his kids go missing and they assume that she just ran away um and the search over a weekend for her turns out that basically he killed them so um yeah and obviously when you watch it like especially the end is her, that the end like you talk about crying in an airport that's what i was like at the watching this the end in my bedroom thinking like the end just absolutely stunned me um to do with the kids basically and i was thinking oh my fucking god i can't believe this is true this cannot be true so uh, if anyone's interested go watch it but um yeah we i don't know why we always talk about true crime and netflix on a nutrition podcast that always seems to happen but Johnny's tuned out. Yeah, yes. <laughs> um, to be honest, I, I think I seem to get more messages from listeners saying that they enjoyed uh, the non-nutrition chat when they do the nutrition chat. We, uh, I went into one about my new coffee machine a couple of weeks ago or last week. Everyone said I love the coffee chat. The rest after it was shit, but the, the chat about coffee was amazing. So um, let's uh, let's let's go back again. Let's let's bring this all the way back to again another. Uh, part of what the the topic we're meant to talk about today so what i want to get you on because we've we have i guess quite similar views on some stuff that happens in the industry happens in fitness professionals especially um this might not be that interesting to listeners i don't know i think at least maybe we can at least bring it around to being actionable for people um but it's the premise of that some of the stuff and it's frustrating to see like so this is i think why we agree in our, our kind of ideas or values on it but it's frustrating to see some fitness professionals within the industry is kind of just almost kind of dragging up and arguing over pointless stuff or or things that might not be a quote-unquote evidence-based um and it feels like their motives for doing so is kind of really just to kind of get some form of content or even to be like particularly or specifically contrarian for want of a better word um so i obviously i like I think I want to get you on to talk about it because obviously I say I think we we agree on some of the stuff or have quite similar values in in that part. Um, but there was one specific post that kind of stuck out for me that you put, which I thought was amazing in terms of um, there was a bit of a trend at, a few months ago, almost attacking this idea of that ten thousand steps isn't an evidence based recommendation to clients, um, which I think on the face of it you could probably I mean I see the argument in that that the and I'll, I'll maybe preface this so people listening can understand, but um, you can see the argument of this idea that this 10,000 step target came from an arbitrary um, decision based on, and I don't even know if I'm right in the history actually, but something to do with China who made fitness watches, they just picked a random number at the air. Am I right in that respect or is that yeah, slightly off? So, so it was um, a Japanese... Japanese. Um, so racist. Japanese, and actually most of the, most of the research on steps and step counters come from Japan as far as I could um, as far as I could make out and also the reason that I remembered this bit of research was because of the Japanese link and then realised afterwards that a lot of studies have come from there but this Japanese inventor of a particular pedometer um, found that 10,000 steps a day led to around a 300 cal um, ex- expenditure for like 
the average m- m- middle-aged Japanese man, right? Mm. But um, the fact that he, the fact that he was also selling the step counters, um, has led to now people realize, and this was in the the nineties, I think. Um, but now people have caught hold of this and have like decided, oh, it was just a marketing ploy. ploy. Yeah. When, yeah. like, you need to kind of separate that. It's like, right, sh- sure, he had a product to sell, perhaps, or sure, there, there's, there's something to the fact that um, there was, there was, there was profit there, right? Mm-hmm. But just because that's the, that exists doesn't also mean that the evidence-based side of it doesn't exist either. It doesn't mean that there's no truth to it. Mm. So. Um, I just um, came across, and the, the the post that you're um, referencing there was so I I am um, on my Instagram feed. I don't follow many people at all on my business one. So when I finish scrolling, it it offers me a load of other stuff, right? And my kind of some of my interests or whatever. And there was this. Um, I think it was it was like a it was either an intuitive eating or it was a health at every size say, type think, of. I remember, I think it was a haze, like yeah. uh, uh, I say branded, like a, a haze associated account, if I remember. So health yeah. at every size, yeah. And um, so they they put up this post saying that you don't need to do ten thousand steps a day or whatever. And then the the caption on it was like all about this story of the fact that this this number was kind of arbitrary and it just came from this marketing ploy thing from Japan in the mm. 90s and obviously it kind of it it softens the blow for for people who don't get 10,000 steps to feel as though it's okay right and that's kind of what the a lot of the haze um or the the health at every size um proponents would like to get across like it's okay if you don't get it right and that's fine but if they actually wanted to have a balanced approach they would look at where that research come from or look at where where that research has come from and then try and say right is there anything more to this Mm -hmm. but it actually just cherry picks kind of one thing so um yeah that's where that, that that's where you um you came in and and comments on it as well yeah i i think that's really good context for people to understand and i guess that like again that explains the premise quite well in terms of what what i mean by contrarianism and i guess some of the i think i think it's um con- like a conscious approach that people are doing that it's a bit like you know it's difficult as a fitness professional in an industry that feels certainly when you're in the industry quite saturated i know there's a lot of people would argue you know there's a huge audience obesity's on the increase um no one should be competing against each other because there are too many people that need help. Um, albeit, I think from people in the industry, there is a big lot of competition or big amount of competition, um, and a lot of what seems like people going after the like similar clients. Which I suppose, especially when it comes, a lot of people's audience or their yeah their audience is obviously social media. So social media isn't as big as obviously the world or the UK or wherever your actual like real target market would be, because obviously not everyone's on social media in the UK or whatever. Um, and I think that does cause this competition where a lot of people then put out the same information. You know, there's only so much stuff people can put about protein and 
whatever you know the usual stuff that people would do um and i think that's where this contrarianism comes in where someone like it's almost like oh, i need to be different i need to do something different so i'm gonna go and try and come out some sort of shock factor type tactics where i will now start going to something which seems like for me a evidence-based or not a reasonably um healthful for one of a phrase I suppose a healthful habit like some like telling someone to hit a 10,000 step target I don't I mean I get I get I get the approach of of I guess that 10,000 might be unreachable for some people this idea that obviously softening that message to allow people that can't reach that goal to not obviously have negative connotations or emotions or thoughts or anxiety or whatever that might be towards that thing yeah get get that great um but that doesn't mean that actually it's not a helpful thing to strive for. So why are we mocking mocking it? Why are we mocking fitness professionals for making that a kind of generalised recommendation to people? Um, that's the bit I don't get because I feel like oh, we're just you know we're we're doing a disservice to actually people and we're actually not helping people in the industry by by kind of mocking people for for doing that. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. Because it is like it does get to a certain point when you're when you're kind of in the industry for a while and you start to see a lot of the same posts and you're not you're not new but you know the value that content is going going to bring but maybe some of the some of the newer guys out there you can tell that they're new because of the advice that they give right so maybe now you want to separate yourself from that somewhat Mm. but um I suppose, yeah. You just you just have to you just have to provide more context because you're not being responsible if you don't provide the context behind it as well. Mm. Like, I put out a post on this recently, like mentioning what kind of outcome goals were or what mm-hmm. outcomes would be. So if you're tracking only calories out or if you're if you're doing things that are only for the purpose of of getting getting the outcome so tracking cows in tracking cows out tracking steps so like for instance only going for a walk because it'll get your steps up because you have a 10,000 of this hard target of 10,000 steps right now that's fine, but what I was what I was get, getting at in my post is you can have both. You can have your 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 outcome goal of ten thousand steps, but you can also go for a walk just to go for a walk because there's benefits of that as well. And I guess what I'm getting at is I was saying that there's there's two sides to it. You can you can get after the ten thousand. You can get close to that if you if you get more value out of the reasons why you're doing it in the first mm-hmm. place. So, um, yeah, kind of last night. No, I, I, I was going to say I I I think like you said, there's two sides to it. And I think the thing is, I don't even think there's necessarily two sides. I think it's more fact there's it's multifactorial. So it's, I wouldn't. I think using the word sides are probably for me. Um, 
I, th- yeah. I think it's just yeah, they shouldn't. Conf- you, yeah, I, I think just con- like conflating that is is because it's a bit like what you said about you can have evidence based practice and you can have a sales or a marketing thing in terms of the idea of a pedometer and ten thousand steps type thing. Um, I think even like you can have ten thousand targets and you can ha- you can also go for a walk for the health benefits, for the mental health benefits of all you know the all the all the other things that comes along with that. And I think like I don't see why we have to conflate these things in terms of either one or make it binary so that one or the other, um, if yeah. that makes sense. Because I think that's half the problem. And I, um, I mean this this goes obviously wider. And the, the ten thousand steps is a is just an easy good example. And obviously it was relevant because of obviously the specific post that you made. But I mean there there were other ideas that I think often as well kind of get brought in and mocked in the industry around like oh you should never use the terms clean eating as an example because obviously the the connotations with what is clean you know does it it also is kind of like well if, if you use the term eat, clean eating you must have an eating disorder because therefore you won't eat anything dirty and it's kind of like well in reality again why are we making it so um binary in that it's either good or bad because actually you can use the term clean with clients because they colloquially they know what you say they know what you mean sorry so like i don't agree with the term necessarily because of the reasons you know most people know but it doesn't mean i'm like oh i'm gonna mock anyone that uses it because obviously it's ridiculous that you can't what happens when you can't you're not losing weight and you're you you know you're already eating clean do you eat cleaner that's that type of thing that gets said all the time and i'm like well i think you should be having more nuanced and contextual conversations with clients where you can use the words clean eating and they understand what you mean not oh i can't use clean eating because it's a ridiculous term for something that isn't a real thing so that that's and obviously there's loads of examples you could probably bring up with that and i i just think it's become fashionable or popular now for a certain click within the industries that we are like mocking people for kind of doing this type of stuff or just and i said i don't i don't think it helps really it clients in the industry that as much as it might be portrayed or centered around you know yeah you know we look we're, we're trying to empathize with our clients we're trying to help and support them i don't think that's necessarily the case but when they're mocking you they 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 are exposing that they are probably forcing their clients into their way of thinking and their way of doing things when actually we all know that each client is different. If someone says to you, I've been eating clean, you know you could probably use that word with them because they understand we've been like you said, Brett. But mm. every client is different. Some people go, right, 10K steps. It's just not practical. It just doesn't. It doesn't work. So it's like, Here's your lifestyle. This is what you do in a day. 10K steps is impractical. If you just say that to them, it's going to probably think, oh, I can't really get that. So it's a negative thing straight away. But if someone can, then recommend it. Every client is different. From when And when these people say, oh, this is not evidence-based, blah, 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 blah. It's like, well, you're telling me that you probably don't listen to your clients. And you're normally going for, this little thing has got this little bit of evidence. And... I'm going to stick with that, regardless of what the client does. I've done things with clients that are not not, not evidence based and such, but you meet them where they are, and if they are nowhere near, like, oh, they they don't give two fucks about a study. This study said this. Say, I don't give a shit. I just want to lose weight. Don't care. So you meet them where they are, and then move them to where they need to be in the easiest fashion. That doesn't take them too far into their or uh, say into their willpower zone if you know what I mean so it's just so much bollocks in the industry and it's fucking ridiculous that, that's exactly the the 
phrase that I was thinking in my head is meet them where they're at. Like if you if you don't show that you understand the the, the same language that they're speaking, you're not going to be like you're not going to be having the right conversation to even get any change talk to even elicit any change whatsoever because you're you're already trying to to maybe right their right their wrong for them you're already engaging in this kind of writing reflex where it's like oh well we don't actually use that term it's like okay what's like what now so definitely i would say this is with 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 clean eating is like you you know what they mean right so you don't have to be little them or anything you know what they mean you but you can also ask them what they mean as well because maybe maybe you don't actually maybe they are someone that um you could you could educate somewhat about that or you could at least explore what they mean because then you're just making sure that you're on the same page as them um the other thing about like depth is like if you if you know if you know the the evidence behind that you can say right here's why 10,000 steps makes sense it's a good one to go after or like oh have you ever heard of the of the 10,000 step rule of thumb or whatever like, oh yeah i've heard of that and you know it's like oh do you know why that why that exists um, and then you could potentially educate them on why it's even a thing, because otherwise it might just be arbitrary. But there's actually like gradients to it as well. Maybe like they don't like right now. Maybe they don't want to do Zoom classes for for exercise. Maybe steps will be a nicer option for for them. And it might also be nice for them to know that ten thousand steps per day adds up to 150 uh, minutes per week of moderate to vigorous physical activity in terms of what the actual guidelines are, which is also this this like 23 23 meh per week as well. So this is all where the steps come from. So what I was saying at the start was, Sure, at this at the beginning of the research in Japan, where this man had his step counter and he came up with this ten thousand step rule that was around three hundred cows, and that was to counter the Western um the Western kind of culture infiltration almost at that time. But that that research progressed. Right, and most recently they've been able to say that um, ten to twelve thousand steps per day is the equivalent to this one hundred and fifty minutes per per week of exercise. Um, and so we actually have that that evidence base to, to like rest assured with our clients that look, if you get anywhere near this, you're doing pretty well in terms of exercise per week. I guess that was a kind of a long way to, to to get back to that, but I was just trying to bring it back to like 
if we know what they're saying and if we're able to, if we know what the evidence is, and I, like Greg Slater has, has used this term, it's like um, think science and speak client. So once we know what's happening and we can, we can uh, explore some of these paths with the client. Yeah, that's a that's a uh, banging uh, phrase, um, and I think obviously that aligns perfectly with kind of like the clean eating example and stuff. And I think that's also where we should all be thinking as practitioners. Um, I had a thought in my head a second ago. Now that's just gone. That was something kind of related, but I wanted to move it on to the next thing I want to talk about. But oh, I had a mind blank. So we'll we'll park that. I'm sure it will come back. Um, yeah, I think. Um, the the it's all i get i guess it's like meeting the that, that comment johnny made about uh meeting a client where it's at it's just really really important um and as i say i think it it kind of i don't know where am i going with this i think i think my, my issue is, is obviously that's what clients or uh practitioners need to do but instead they're kind of going down this route of i guess mocking what they don't see as evidence-based whereas i guess like the irony of it all is that in a way of understanding what evidence-based actually means um evidence-based isn't as as you know but obviously for the listeners it isn't a case of you find a research study or something that backs up a recommendation or a protocol that you apply to someone it's more of a case of actually you look at what the best research is available as an evidence base so not a study you know kind of the base of evidence that's there but you also need to include your own clinical experience and when i say clinical i mean in terms of you know not in a necessarily clinical setting but your own you know you base your own experience as a practitioner um but what's really important and it and i guess this does align a little bit with the idea of like the arbitrary ten thousand steps um example so i can see where there may be like not not contradictory as to as to why we're doing this episode but obviously you know it kind of almost fits on that side but the 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 realm that you have to also take into an individual's preference so you kind of got to say just to recap you kind of got the evidence your own experience and also the preference of the individual themselves that's kind of what we would holistically say is evidence-based practice so a lot of that stuff might be the fact that actually you're telling people to do something doesn't have any specific research-backed evidence base to it necessarily because it doesn't exist but it doesn't mean it isn't evidence-based as such it just might mean that it's not necessarily studied yet or you know you're you're almost making your own um not translation what we're looking for you're making your own what's another word for translation i can't think of the word you're translating the research into your own whatever i can't think of the word i'm going to inferring yeah 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 it's that kind of thing so basically um you you might get a study where some like an author might say the outcome of the study xyz but you don't necessarily agree after having a look at the data you might decide well, actually i think it's something different and then obviously you're then making your own decision based on what you feel is like an evidence-based answer um if that makes sense and obviously when you pair that up with then also what your client's preferences some of the stuff you might recommend might not necessarily be seen by everyone as evidence-based but you might have been working with you know there'll be people in the industry that are you know like the bros industry that have been doing like training protocols blah 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 for ages and they might not be actual evidence-based for it but they're all jacked like that, that's because their anecdote and experience actually counts for something you know you know it might not be evidence-based as such but it doesn't mean it might just be that science hasn't caught up with it yet or we haven't found the you know let's say science hasn't caught up with it, you know what i mean we haven't, we haven't actually researched it or found it i don't mean like mm. science doesn't caught up with it because science is science but um yeah <laughs> the outliers isn't it there's outliers in studies all the time up here and down here 
there's the average, yeah, which you base the evidence on. What about this guy? Mm-hmm. What about this guy? Yeah, they exist, don't they? Mm-hmm. So they exist, and that's when your own experience with clients going, actually, I've seen this outlier before in this client. So, you know, it's not the average, so maybe it goes against the evidence as such, but you, there's the outlier. Then you, whatever, that outlier, you modify your training or yeah. whatever. And I, and I think that's like, where that's where that that and you're you're allowed to do this because ultimately in our minds we're thinking right first do no harm right so I'm going to look after this client that's my main thing and this is what I think is going to work best to to meet this person where they're at I know what most of the research is saying I know right this probably as you say there there are outliers am I actually going to do any harm by doing this thing no so therefore this and is it is it going to be something that might even be a step towards getting them to where they need, need to be or to where the evidence might say they need to be then cool let's let's make that step yeah yeah Could for you sure imagine if someone not saying this maybe it's not the client based most imagine saying that someone who's trained for 20 years in a bro fashion doing ridiculous 200 sets a week and you go yeah, the evidence says started eighty. They're like, ah, it's like it's like um, it's like Jordan Peters saying the evidence says training to failure is suboptimal compared to um, not training to failure. It's like try telling that dude that. Yeah, exactly. But he is a huge human being, and it's like I know he's, he's not on drugs either. He's natural. Bro. Just by the way, he says he would take the pick of the pros. <laughs> but let's be fair, all all top pros are bros now. Well, ninety-nine point nine percent. Clearly, there's a genetic, a very large genetic component in this, but they all do. They don't all do the same thing. Similar, they all do ridiculous things. And they all fucking giants. <laughs> so, clearly, there's they do something correctly, don't they? Which is which is what we preach is, is consistency. They're consistently on it all the time, twenty-four-seven. All the time. I know they, but consistency is what they do best. Do this for six months before a show when you'd be jacked. Okay. And they just do it because they are mentally insane. But if a client's always consistent, regardless if the plan is perfect, if they're consistent with it, they'll get results eventually. I think, um, as I say, I think that does align a little bit with this idea of like, you know, this arbitrary 10,000 steps, say, going back to that example. Obviously, it does align like, yes, very much you should be taking in the preference of the individual. So therefore, this kind of idea of a generic 10,000 steps doesn't apply to everyone and should definitely have empathy for those clients and kind of use it as as needed. So yeah, for, like, you, like you said at the start, really, Aid, in, in terms of kind of using a message that softens that blow for those that find it difficult and struggle and therefore have kind of like negative mindsets around obviously reading this target yeah you should but i think there's it's, it's really important the way you do that in terms of kind of like as a general message to people and in terms of the population in terms of um i've said in terms of not there in terms of, in terms of as in i suppose what i mean by that is the, the general message is it has to be in a way that um the, the context basically almost have to include because i think if if you just say ten thousand steps for everyone obviously it isn't going to work for everyone you then lose that individualized part of uh the empathy side and obviously then softening that blow for individuals but if you then 
don't give the context and don't and obviously then make a different recommendation say oh it's fine everyone can do whatever they want type thing you're then not going to make an like an actionable or something that people can actually take away and do in the same way as like you know joe wicks gets his gets his uh uh haters if you want a better phrase for not being particularly evidence-based or not putting out information that people would see as kind of like scientific but i'll tell you what he's got popular for one reason and one reason only because why like five ten years ago or yeah ten years ago nearly now i suppose when he when he first came about um while everyone was arguing over what's the best method and what's what research paper said this and that he was just putting actual content out for people you know he's putting out videos for saying you know cook yourself a reasonably healthy meal for in 15 minutes which people could go away and do and obviously that resonates with people now that isn't evidence-based as such you know he was telling people they must have carbohydrates post-workout but obviously you know do, do a workout without carbohydrates before type thing i think something like that anyway and i was like well you'd argue that's not evidence-based but doesn't matter because he's getting you know he's probably affected and helped more people than any of us ever will yeah <laughs> yeah i know i like i have i've not come full circle but it's just interesting to look back on my attitude towards people like that so in years gone, gone by i've been like oh no he's an agent oh, I, hate, mm-hmm. I hate him or I'm, i hate I'm, this haven't we all personally like and now i'm like um obviously more less critical i suppose because you can see a lot of the good that they do and that they actually maybe don't mean any harm at all and look i've I've not liked the idea of being a, a well-meaning idiot for fear that I would become one. So I always have to like, no, I'm not going to be like that. I'm going to make mm-hmm. sure that everything I do is like super evidence-based and all this kind of thing. Um, but I was actually wa- w- watching the Joe Wicks TV show the other night. Um, I didn't know it was even it was even on, but watched it and there were moments where I was like, oh, that's that's cool like he's done he's done well there but then there's moments where I'm sensitive to certain terms and stuff like this like um, I'm sensitive to some of the things that we've spoken about I suppose like things like clean eating and he's saying these things to people I'm like you know like Mm. oof Um, and making it all about the the before and after and that's another thing I'm not sure what you guys are are thinking about that kind of thing I suppose maybe it's one of these kind of steps or clean eating or like it's getting to the point where fit fitness professionals and new new nutritionists um, I, I can foresee it that we won't be allowed kind of to put before and after those yeah. and I yeah, yeah. this is kind of the way that I've been for the, for the last while I don't want to make my page all about the before and afters so I make sure that the words so when I'm getting a, a, a cert service review or something mm-hmm. like that I do make sure that it's all about their experience because I don't want to make it all about the before and afters yeah. obviously I can see that there's value in it and that, that's what people one, but I think it's also really important that people see what what value the service will bring. Mm-hmm. Where do you guys stand on, on that? that? 
other Johnny Lloyd's can speak, but I would agree with that. And it does. This is a. I'm actually reading an audio reading. Listen to an audiobook, and he's talking about how big companies market and how the <clears throat> how smaller local businesses are not destroying them, but the pub like public who are wanting to buy something are going towards people who are like us individuals, small companies who make it about the client, which it should be, and like they rather than like you've seen Facebook ads get shredding, whatever, twelve weeks before, after, whatever. Great. Uh, but people don't tend he says people don't believe you anymore. Because think you're just talking absolute shit. I don't trust you. And then the, the best companies are the ones almost that don't do any deliberate mark deliberate marketing that in they focus on their clients and they let their clients become like the hero of the story. So they can show a journey of what the client's doing, how they feel, what they've done, the benefits, rather than just focusing on before and afters. Because yeah. of before and after it's good for you to see what they've made really good progress. But what's it usually most for? You mostly use for marketing. Yeah. I think as a fitness person, that's the that's the conundrum almost that we we live in. So those that are you know like quote unquote ethical or ethical coaching or ethical practice, um, I think do see the issue with posting things that essentially exacerbate this idea of diet culture and you know the yeah. the negative feelings that people feel when they see shredded people and whatever else. Um, and it's not everyone there'll be some people that see the before and afters and get hugely motivated for it and think I would love to do that and you know they might see help and go and you know get shredded themselves and but I must admit like I I kind of I'm aligning with what you're saying into a point where I very rarely put out before and afters of people anymore because two folds to it really one is personally because I do agree in that I do feel like it's down to us all to almost play our part or do our bit to to kind of like try and move things away from this idea of like skinny lean shredded is better than not um because in reality what what does determine how someone should look or what is the best look in air quotes it is diet culture you know that it's, it's been marketing over many many decades that said this is better than that and you know in reality that isn't the case you know health at every size is a no, other end of the spectrum which we've talked about enough times and I don't necessarily say I even necessarily agree as as far as that and I think there's way more nuance or stuff in the middle which and a range as well like people's own individual preferences and their own feelings should be like you know this is where I fit so this is what I would like or this is where I fit and this is what I would like and it would be never for me to say actually no your goal shouldn't be to get lean you know that's a silly goal I would never say it to anyone even if I think to myself secretly and i do to be honest with most clients i secretly think to myself somewhere down the line you're going to change your mind and you're going to realize that you don't want to lose as much weight as you thought or that actually and tell me if i'm wrong both of you if you think that this isn't the case i don't know many if any clients that lose weight and then go i'm way happier than i was before that's like no i'm exactly the same as i was before i'm just just leaner than i was and i've realized that the reason if i am happy is got not it hasn't got anything to do with the fact that i actually lost weight it's because of all of the other things that i've built my confidence through this period and not the actual weight loss itself and like and that might sound really cliche to and listening like oh he's talking bollocks but i'll be honest <laughs> that is genuinely true i don't think i've had a single yeah. client that's ever said to me i'm happier purely because i've lost weight oh. just doesn't happen yeah. the, the norm not if you lose weight if you don't fix what's causing your unhappiness 
you'll still be unhappy no matter how you look because how you look is not what's causing the unhappiness like people think it is like when you ask someone about in the consultation like what are your goals and oh I want weight loss or whatever and then you say well why do you want weight loss um oh because I just I feel you know I've got these roles yeah okay but why is that a problem or like what 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 makes you feel like you need to to lose weight and oh well I'd, I'd, I'd be more confident and I was like right we're starting to get there a little bit now and then you realize that actually losing that stuff doesn't make you more confident it's like oh shit actually the reason I wasn't confident is because there's all these other things that are actually going on in my life at the moment and they're the things you have to fix um sorry i went off a bit of a rant there but i think that that kind of like aligns a little bit why i try not to promote this kind of the weight loss as the the kind of the 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 golden egg almost and that like you say if you can promote all of the other things instead and whether it is because of you know you still need to do the before and afters to get the marketing and get the selling because that's the conundrum isn't it as i started this thing that's the conundrum for fitness professionals but if you can then kind of like put all the context around it and like you say all of the things that people learn and develop outside of the, the physical side of losing weight or you know or gaining muscle whatever the you know the goal is for those individuals i suppose that's where that's where you probably need to get to it's almost a bit of like a compromise does that make yeah. sense you think if you need most people with 20 clients is probably enough one-to-one if that's if you follow time that's a lot of hours especially we set the training plans but if you need 20 clients to make a good living then you should be able to get them really speaking through word of mouth really so do i can see why people obviously use the visual aspect of actually oh he's good because he can get her or him from that to that it's like well if you've got 10 clients who rave about everything you do you've helped them not just lose the weight they think they want to lose but you've changed their outlook on sometimes outlook on life because you've given them more confidence to do certain things which may have started with eating better training but has led on to being more confident in their job blah 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 it's like if you do have 10 clients like that you will have a constant influx. People are going, actually, so-and-so, so-and-so has lost whatever, then I want to work with you. It's like a brat. People people know NNM because of what he does on Instagram. I, I know the company's good because of what you say and how you approach things. You know? I got a client now from Brett because of what, how he says and our ethics align, I think. And uh, You're a bit less PC, but it's all right. Yeah, but I'm, pretty, I'm pretty good with clients. It's only because you keep, yeah, you are. It's only because you call me a terrorist. I just get upset by it. But <laughs> I'm pretty, I'm pretty. Uh, you, you, you can only tell by client how, how they, uh, how they are. I don't tend to swear and check-ins unless they drop one in first. Then go around me unless I've had it. <laughs> <laughs> That's always the way, isn't it? Mm. Waiting yeah. for that, waiting for that yeah. first, first F bomb and then in an update, you're like, ah, oh, yeah, you're all right. <laughs> We're on the same wavelength, but. You know, really speaking, twenty clients if you need that, which most people are gonna they can handle one obviously one to one, unless obviously you want to expand and employ people who are then blah blah blah. But word of mouth in theory shouldn't be that difficult. But I think I think it is because I think we as an industry focus on the wrong things. How many people focus on I'm gonna do whatever I can with this client regardless if it is good for them long term just to get a before and after mm-hmm. but we all know that happens probably 90% of the time because most 90% of the time most of the fitness industry is absolute dog shit and yeah. you know that happens all the time 
Yeah, I think I mean the the before and after and the kind of body transformation style stuff um, is also like the simpler like way of marketing because obviously it's visual, it's evident. You know, it's, it, people can scroll up and down their feed instantly and stop and see it. You know, there's no need to stop and actually read some context around like kind of more nuanced stuff. Um, and that, and so that is kind of like the lazy or the easier way. And it's just the the, the I mean, I, I suppose that there's a there's a part that you almost have to blame the buyer as well in that if it didn't work and people didn't buy that stuff people wouldn't continually do it there is also that element to it as well in my opinion well but, the industry it's not working is it i think i think a lot, a lot of the time this kind of comes down to what people people think that that they want i suppose people think that something might be able to to fix them or then they're not 100% sure the reasons why they want to do something mm-hmm. which we kind of we kind of spoke about there before mm-hmm. but that's a lot of the time um through a good consult you can you can explore some of these things and that's I don't know if you you guys do this but I've made my one of the one of the main elements of my service is this console so like that is how it all starts i know some people just get a get a quick 15 minute um phone call say right what are your goals um what do you do mm-hmm. cheers thanks i'll i'll send you your your final link now and that's kind of what they get and they get their their spreadsheet and macros or whatever it is but if you're if you're anything like like us we 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 like sit and talk for like an hour and find out what is going on why do you mm-hmm. really want to lose weight or what does that offer you where have you come from that has led you to where you're at right now yeah um yeah that, that, that's that's an interesting point because i listened to another fitness podcast maybe a week two ago and quite a well-known person in the industry actually said that they they've never done a consult before ever um, and I, they're, they're certainly not in any way in my opinion a bad practitioner I just found it a really interesting point to be made because I th- yeah. I kind of completely agree with what you I make it fundamentally like the, the almost like the foundation of it all in that yeah. to a point where rightly or wrongly I've said like if if a if if a coach doesn't offer you one I would probably suggest shopping around and finding what else might be alternative because it's for me it would be a warning sign that that individual either may not be of the caliber you might want or expect or maybe i don't know i just i just i just think it's fundamental to understand a, a client and they're building your 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 coaching relationship your your protocol your whatever from from that conversation um and also and not i think a lot of the problem is it's seen as a sales pitch like you, you've got to sell this individual and you've got to get them to, to sign up afterwards and i'm like not at all like i I literally every single consult I've had, and I've lost, I've loads of people have not come back to me. Like I've had consultations with people, and they've been gone away. And like, ironically as well, usually get on really like not really well, but usually there's a lot of conversation I have. Where I thought, yeah, they're really nice people. They seem like they're really keen, blah blah blah. And then you just don't hear anything from them, which is obviously you feel like a bit, oh, what happened there then? But that's just what people do sometimes, and I'm not, I'm okay with that because I, I think it's still so really important to get an idea of that how that individual will work with you how that get for them to see how you will work with them and just make sure you click on that type of thing and if you're not doing consultations 
how how do you do that? How I don't I, I don't get it. You know, you might start working with someone a couple of weeks, and think, oh, this is this isn't yeah. this isn't going anywhere. And on the phone, you will hear words they are using. You got there we are. All right, you write it down, and I always got notes open. Write that down. Write that down. Write that down. And the, and it's why, and like you said earlier, on lose weight. Why? 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 You can say why five times. Mm. And then I've had people crying on the phone because of the, the issue they've got. They think it's weight loss, but it's not. There's something else. Mm. It's like you're never going to get that from even like if someone's writing it down on the phone. Mm. You're talking to them. You can hear the emotion in your voice. You, you know when you've pushed a button. Not you deliberately do it, but you say why. And sometimes for them, it's hard. Because you're telling a stranger and they are thinking for the first time, really, or oh, why? Well, actually, because I don't feel very confident around my husband, which is, they think, oh, bloody hell, it's like, oh, my God, I'm talking about my husband, my marital issues with a random bloke. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Just, just, just yeah. Bring, the, bring this back slightly, because there's one thing I, I kind of, I think I realised I didn't say when I said about the kind of the body transformation stuff in terms of, like, why I'm, I'm putting out less of that stuff. Because I said, obviously, one aspect of it is the idea of I don't want to add to the whole diet culture noise. But there is also an element of actually, I don't do it because I feel like I could be looked down upon by other practitioners. Because if I'm doing that, like, oh, there's this elitist idea or mentality of that. We don't do that in evidence-based practice now. It's kind of like, oh, okay. It's, it's, it's never cut and dry. It's never black and white in nutrition. But regardless, exercise, sales, marketing, bloody whatever, hmm. always, it's I, always there and it's never black or white. But the best thing is, don't follow any other fitness professionals then you won't get too well it's funny, you, anyway. it's funny you say that johnny but obviously after tanya's advice last week i muted a lot of fitness professionals today i didn't unfollow people because obviously a lot of them are people i respect and get on with and you know i'd consider friends but um i don't think it was helping me personally or helping my business for want of a better phrase i think just following those and kind of getting caught up in the noise of what everyone else was doing just wasn't a positive thing for me because I think it influences what you talk about. Think, oh, that's that good likes, whatever. Think, mm, actually, that's the subject I should talk about. When really, you might think, oh, it's fucking irrelevant to my clients. Because yeah. you could have clients that are totally relevant to. That's what I mean. I think you get you get dragged in this thing where it's kind of like actually you're putting information out for pats on the back from your peers and not necessarily to have impactful, valuable conversations with clients and stuff like that, which is what you should be doing. And then you end up you you see arguments about nuance. You think. What are you, why are you arguing with absolute shit for? You know, you know three IRR, three RIRs better than four. Who gives a fuck? Like, no, <laughs> nobody, can, no client of yours gives a shit about that. And you're arguing the minutia of a study that says this and the study that says that. Who cares? Clients do not care. You know what I mean? So you're talking about that. You get, you get an argument that does not have your clients in the slightest, and it just wastes hours of your time. There's a study. Look. Oh no, but you just study. Oh, it gives a shit. Boring. Boring. That, People that... want to know that you that you understand where they're coming from. People yeah. want to know that you might be able to help them. They want to know that you've helped others in maybe a similar situation. And as long as you have those things, I think people are going to come to you whether you have before and afters or not. I mean, I stopped. I, I. So I don't think I have more than two or maybe three before and afters on my on my Instagram. Mm. Maybe, maybe I have three, but I started 
back when when we we were allowed to back in uh, COVID free times, I took a picture with my clients, just happy, you know, and then I had their had their story underneath, and that became just my my thing because from that people can see that I'm getting on with the with the clients, mm. you know. I mean, it's not not as if I've I've forced this this um testimonial out of them um, it's not as if I've said right I want your before and after as well like we're we're standing there like almost l- l- linking arms like as long as, as, long as you as long as you get too too close like uh, like Voldemort <laughs> or he shall he shall be named <laughs> I had a wee with him I, I, I don't know if it's less better less said the better than <laughs> that bit I've got I've got a recurring Facebook memory that comes around obviously every year uh, on the anniversary of there's a photo of us together which is a, quite a funny photo where he's like fist bumping me but laughing his head off and I don't I can't even remember at the time because I was so drunk what was said but and I don't even know if it was me or anyone else but whatever reason he just he was laughing at the time that made a really good photo but it's really awkward in hindsight nowadays it's like oh yeah. this is an awkward photo that keeps appearing on my Facebook memories <laughs> yeah uh, right on that note i uh unless unless there's anything really uh burning that you want to go over um we'll probably round up if you're we've hit the hour hour five look at that Time but did you see james haskell's rant the other day? is this about mcdonald's or something i thought it was quite he, he was quite, i like jim not because he just says how it is and he don't take no shit and he was he was right he's got stop fucking whining basically i i have I haven't watched it actually. Um, I just heard about it, so I can't say whether I agree or not agree. But what's the good. what's the general premise? He he advertises for McDonald's or some or something, and he was talking about people who were giving him shit, and he said, "Blang about no, I'm in good condition. I'm an ex sportsman. I have times where I'm on all the time for a particular reason. So I will I will pick healthier choices. You, you know, you you're more clean eating sort of stuff to get somewhere." But other times, I'm busier. I don't train as hard. I eat a McDonald's here and there because my life is balanced. Like at times where I'm on it, times where I'm busy and I can't do the things I normally do. So I'm. So he's saying like you've got to you've got to balance. And he ends up saying like, doesn't matter what you eat, you know, within reason. If not if not in a calorie deficit, nothing's fucking happening. And McDonald's on its own is not gonna make you fat. What are you saying was was bang on. Mm. To scroll through the comments and thinking, Jesus Christ, and these people are idiots. One woman said, I agree with what you're saying, but cut out the language. Like, <laughs> why, why are you commenting on it? Why? Just don't watch it, yeah. So you can imagine what he thought of that. But it was, it was, pretty, it was pretty good. good and he, he said it, he said it uh, very well, and he's very uh, shouty and sweary about that, it. Yeah, I, I get the impression he's quite animated and. Oh, yeah. which to be fair if you want to be if you want to be a popular uh, face of, of kind of like social media or an influencer nowadays you've kind of got to be that James, LR James Smith type character haven't you to just kind of again it's this idea that you need to stand out but I think when you get bigger and bigger and bigger that you can't then deal with individual clients well, he's, to be fair he's not selling shit and I'll be honest I can't imagine James Smith is really selling anything nowadays like that, really? obviously other, other than the group stuff he does uh, books like he isn't doing one-to-one coaching with with many people, I'm sure. Because 
probably charges a fortune as well, just because of his name. Yeah. Um, before you go though, my friend, my Irish friend, um, we like to have a little bit of fun at the end, and we like to ask some non-nutrition related questions just for the funsies. So, uh, hopefully, you're up for it. Nothing sure. too, nothing too, uh, too bad. But they're, you know, just a bit. Of... You've, you've heard all of my, all of my stories. Anyway. <laughs> what hold hold an arrogant penis? Oh, sorry, I meant the man, man who shouldn't be, shouldn't be said. Um, oh, I'm gonna get sued now, aren't I? Um, <laughs> oh, it's jokes, it's jokes, it's just gossip. Um, anyway, so uh, yeah. Um, Let's start with the first one, which I'm just going to... I've got to try and remember these. I haven't prepared these, so I'm going to have to try and think of the first one off the top of my head. Um, an Englishman, Irishman, and a Welshman walks into a bar. What do they say? <laughs> um... <laughs> <laughs> the answer's obviously, ouch. Walked into a bar. Oh, God. I was trying to I was trying to think of something mildly racist slash funny. Oh, um God. Anywho, okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, Alright, Johnny. Sorry Jesus. about that. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> That's just my really shit sense of humour. Um Okay. If you were to make a house out of food, what food would you pick and why? And you can if you want to, you can pick like a um a meal so like a, a not a food group but like a burger is obviously a food rather than it has to be beef or whatever um if i could if i can make them like what are the what are the um what are the things that kind of hold buildings up what are they called like an upright what would the, the name for that be come on engineer Build- johnny well, foundations. Yeah, yeah, something that gives it a bit of structure. Some sort of structure, yeah. Yeah. Anyway. A frame? Uh, I, could... I don't know. Yeah, well, enchiladas, maybe. Enchiladas? Enchiladas, if you could stiffen them up a bit, that'd be good. Okay. Big fan uh, of Mexican. And why? That's my, that's my favourite food. Good. Love Yeah, what's not to like about enchiladas? Also, it covers all, all major food groups. Exactly. Throw some legumes in there. Some legumes, yeah, for the health. I think Mexican food is definitely the best overall type of food. I agree. I agree. I actually had... Uh, I've had Mexican twice in the last three days. Today, tonight, I had a Mexican chicken stew, which was delicious. Um, and two days ago, I had fajita chicken, which was not like fajitas. Did you know Like, did you know fajitas is not actually anything to do with wraps? And it's actually the onion, pepper, spices, and meat, if you have any meat version. is That's what fajitas are. They just happen to have to put it in something. I learned that in America. Okay. I just always assumed fajitas were like, you know, it came in a wrap. It, uh, a fajita is a wrap, but it's yeah. not. Yeah. Apparently it's the uh, filling inside. But quesadillas, can't can't be, can't be a quesadilla, can you? So enchiladas, yes. Mexican is up there with, with, with my favourite overall. And it's a good one for, for, for clients as well, because, mm. you know, as we said, you stick a kidney bean into anything and it's healthy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But, exactly. Um, yeah. Um, okay. Favorite potato. Favorite, favorite potato. Favorite type of potato. Not not method love, cooked. The br- literally varietal. What's your favorite varietal of potato? I love a baby potato roasted with salt and. Well, like a little new potato, like a pepper. Yeah. 
Nice. Baby new potatoes roasted though. Roasted. Crispy on the outside. Yeah. Um, I I don't think you can beat a potato that is uh, left to cool and go all starchy and nice. That is the way to do potatoes. Roasted sweet potato. Okay. I love to impress Brett. I guess. I, I'm I'm not. I'll be honest. I'm not. I'm not really the biggest fan of sweet potato. If I'm honest. It was very nice. I, I, I do like like sweet potato fries, but. The, there's an argument really there's not much sweet potato left by the time you dip it oh, <laughs> Johnny's just showing here's, his, one yeah, here's one I prepared earlier here's one I prepared earlier I thought Harriet over here I thought that was one of his testicles if I'm honest but... <laughs> oh that's one of mine uh, that's quite large what is that is that a potato yeah sweet potato is it oh that looked yeah. like a really funny colour from when you first brought it around anyway oh, I'd, get that, I'd made, get that looked at made a twice baked sweet potato a twice baked no what, what? Yeah. explain so you Bake it, so cut it in half. Bake it, and then when it's when it's cooked, you you scoop out the, the inside, chuck it in the bowl. Add some, you can add some like lardons, you can add some some cheese, you can add some cream cheese, some herbs, spices, whatever it is, and then fill it in again, bake it, and it all kind of melts away. Nice, and that's a good shout. There you go. Any uh, any clients listening that want some ideas? <laughs> Okay, that's a good. One. That's a very good, that good one. That's a very good one. Um, okay, so what have we done so far? We've done the house, the, uh, the obviously varietal of potato, which I think is a really important question. Actually, I think one fundamentally is like probably the most important. Um, cause it is. <laughs> um, if you were to um, to be attacked by uh, by something, what would you choose? So, would you rather be attacked by a uh, uh, a, a duck-sized horse or a thousand horse-sized ducks? No, is that, I've got the wrong way around. Got the wrong way around. Got the, oh, I've, I've got it the wrong way around, haven't I? Duck-sized duck, horse. One duck-sized horse. No, one horse-sized duck or a thousand duck-sized horses. That's right. That's the right way around. So basically, one big giant fuck-off horse or <laughs> loads of tiny little. No, one big giant. <laughs> <Bloody> <laughs> hell. This has gone horribly wrong. I'm so late. It's so late in the night. It's Sunday night. Come on. Um, one fuck off duck the size of a horse or loads of tiny little horses the size of ducks. But bear in mind, they're still structurally horses. They're just small. I, I always find that's really that's a really key detail. Like, they're not little weakling ducks. They're obviously still going to be quite muscular, strong little horses, but they're just small. I like one big duck right. end off. I'd rather that than have to. I get exhausted having to deal with all those little horses. Mm. You have to kick them all away and all. I I think I could just take out one of the duck's legs and then you'd have to have them. Mm. You know, I'd find a way to to fend off one big duck. I'd say. Yeah. Okay. I think um, the thought of kicking like even though it's only a duck size, something that's obviously reasonably still muscular and solid. I don't think you could do that too many times before you start to take on some your own damage and become, yeah. That's that's my opinion anyway. I think it'd be difficult. Plus there's a fucking lot of them. They can trample you pretty, probably pretty quickly. I've just got on a website to generate a random question. I've, I've, got, I've got one more before you do actually then because there's one more that I thought actually I need to ask because I forgot to ask it. Um, Favourite burger joint you've ever been to? Um, say five guys don't say five guys this is very much one of your things isn't it mm. burgers, burgers yeah, very um, 
We have a place called Counter Burger where it's like a gourmet burger place and you could go in and you, you you have a check the box type thing and you add whatever you want. You you obviously choose your bone, choose your meat, whether it's chicken or, or beef or whatever it is, and then you add whatever cheeses you want, you add whatever toppings and I suppose that would be it. I'm not really I don't, don't I can't say that I've explored loads of them, but I'd say that Counter burger, you say. Counter in Ireland, yeah. All right. Whereabouts in Ireland? In Dundrum. So it's, it's at one of our massive big uh, shopping centres. Right, Dundrum. Right, okay. Next time I'm over, I'll see if I can get anywhere near it and check it out. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, go on, Johnny. Random question generator. It might be a shit question, but I'm going to ask it anyway. What is a controversial opinion that you have? Oh. Is it about Donald Ooh. Trump? It could be about anything. Or... Anything. What's controversial? Is it that five, uh, 10,000 Steps isn't evidence-based? That's quite controversial. Um... Five to 10% weight loss for people with obesity is significant for health. Now, I don't think that's controversial in the slightest, but I know. Yeah. But this, this, this is actually one of the one of the one of the kind of axioms, I suppose, that we I thought we might get into. So it was the only one I could <laughs> think of. But yeah. Um, yeah, just the fact that you know people want to say now that weight loss isn't relevant, when in a lot of cases it is. Not the only thing that's important, of course, but in yeah. some people it is. But yeah, that, that's it's, that... again one of these counter one of these counterculture things. I know I've started this late on, but uh... <laughs> no, I was just going to say there's probably a topic for another yeah. like a, a whole yeah. podcast topic in itself in terms yeah. of. I mean, yes, we mentioned the the Cosmopolitan page that came out a couple of weeks ago. And we never explored into it because we said, oh, that's probably another podcast for another time. But I mean, I, I guess that this idea of what's healthy in terms of body weight it is a massive spectrum, and you can't just assume someone is either unhealthy or healthy based on their size. In the same breath, though, you also can't just assume someone is healthy because they're obese, or um, all that losing weight might not improve someone's health. In the same way, we've said ten to five percent for someone that is in an obese category will almost certainly have improvements in health markers. I'm sure. Like, I'm sure there's enough research out there which we can take that as categoric. Um, I, I, I suppose if let's say you you have evidence that this person isn't in great health either, well then it's fair to say. Do you know mm, what I mean? Whereas yeah, yeah. if you just assume that that person needs to lose five to ten percent of their weight because that's the judgment that you have made on them, that's not a fair thing to say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, don't, I mean, th- there's no getting around that obesity is associated with poor health in or, yeah. or for many many diseases that are would be avoidable had they not been obese. So, or lower risk, say that's it, rather than say avoidable. Um, but it's that idea of you know a bit like we're talking about body transformations and some of those kind of like premise or ideologies, and that you can't just assume because you, you've made this judgment on someone because they're, they're overweight that they are unhealthy because there are there is such a thing as as healthy obese people and there are such a thing as unhealthy non obese people or or kind of like normal weight people. So um, yeah, it's uh, as like I said, that is probably a like a whole another podcast episode. Let's be honest, but. Um, I mean that. The... You want me? Another time. 
Yeah, let's do another one. I was about to say, I thought you were about to say, let's do one now. I was like, I want to go to bed, mate. <laughs> I'm not doing one now. It'd be like midnight before we finish. You want to listen to the, 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 the next random question that came about? Go on then, one more. We're right. an hour 20 in, but come on, it's fine, don't worry. This is a, this is a strange question. Has the invention of the atomic bomb made the world a more peaceful place? Yes. <laughs> you say so? Yes, because every fuck is now scared of kind of pushing that line too far because they know that they can end the world in a push of a button. It's That's almost, right. I mean, it's, it's, it's the same premise of why, in, in politics, as to why any government or any um, well country would have things like nuclear weapons or whatever else. It's, it's not because they ever want to use them. It's just they need a deterrent to stop every fucker blowing, you know, you know attacking them or whatever. Because mm. you just end the world in one button otherwise. And it's like, well, this is a bit shit, isn't it? <laughs> so makes it more peaceful in my opinion because obviously everyone's now afraid i mean you could argue fear is generally not the best motivator but yeah it's still scary to think that they exist and that's not to that's not to refute what what you what you said it is scary to think that there's an element of human kind of error to these things like something could potentially go wrong Mm mm-hmm that's a scary thought yeah and obviously wipe out the entire civilization as we know although that could just happen by a meteor tomorrow for all we know so probably not tomorrow because I think we probably might have seen it come in I don't know actually yeah I don't know I assume that we have technology that could probably predict it a bit closer than a day away but that would that would be a scary thought wouldn't it actually say say that's like yeah we've just seen a meteor which is now a uh, I don't know two to one chance of going to wipe out everyone on earth so uh, and it's going to hit in seven days so out you go go on you might fuck covid out you get <laughs> one question for you uh johnny oh you got there's a meteor about to hit earth in seven days what do you do go and see a lamborghini and drive like a lunatic is that it yeah i really want a lamborghini and drive like an absolute tool you can die anyway. I I feel like I need to revisit that question another time when I have time to think about it. That's just off the top of my head. That's yeah. not low, that's of no thought. I think that's a uh, oh. sure. So there is an element of like, and I know we're we're coming off a massive tangents here again, but there is an element of like you should almost always live that way because like who, who you don't know whether your last day on earth is going to be in seven days time, like for any of us could get hit by a bus tomorrow. It's kind of that. I know it's kind of slightly morbid um, idea, but. Hmm. And there's that, and then there's you could do your best to drive a Lamborghini or to do things that are really fun. But what's that saying? You're 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 free to swing your arm to your heart's content as long as you don't, as long as it's within reach of someone else's nose, or as long as you don't hit someone else's nose, yeah. something like that. I forget what the exact wording of it is but you're free to swing your arm as long as it doesn't hit someone else's nose something like that it's a a bit that reminds me a little bit like what people are saying about uh, old Trumpy pants getting booted off Twitter and saying like oh it's taking away his freedom of speech like well you know it isn't taking away his freedom of speech he can say what the fuck he likes but the thing is like freedom of speech doesn't actually then um, take away freedom of consequences so you know you can say some stuff but you might get a punch in the face for it And that's what social media is why it's so aggressive in it because people forget what it's like to be smashed in the nose. 
<laughs> on, on that note, exactly. um, do you, do you want to shout out your socials, um, personal business, whatever, whatever you want to uh, to kind of promote yourself through? And um, yeah, if, if people want to reach out and either want to work with you or just want to find out more. Cool. Thank you. Um, so you can find me on Instagram at Aiden underscore Mackie underscore health. Um, you can go to my new website. Hopefully by the time this podcast is out, my website will be launched. Um, and that'll be AidenMackieHealth.com. If you're there right now, that's still the shit one that, that you're on. Give it a little bit of <laughs> time. But there's a new website uh, coming. And yeah, if you want to inquire about coaching, let's take away from you guys or anything. Um, myself or Paddy will be happy to have a chat. So inquire. Good. Cool. Um, I'll, I'll pop a lot of the show notes and stuff anyway, if I remember. Yeah. So um, obviously, if people do want to reach out, then please do. Uh, Mackie, I'll just say M A C K E Y. Is that exactly. right? right? Yeah, just in case anyone can't spell. Um, Thank you, mate. Big thank you for me. Very much enjoyed the chat. In fact, I think the hour 24, which we usually try and keep to an hour, probably tells you that we enjoyed it. So um, hopefully sure. listeners are still still with us and didn't switch <laughs> switch off a while ago. I'm sure they didn't. It's great content. Um, but yeah, we'll, uh, we'll get you on again soon. Thank you, guys. Appreciate yeah. it. Thank you for listening to the NNN podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please help us by rating on your podcast provider, sharing with your networks so we can get our content out to more people. See you next week. Thank you.